You may have played poker, but playing poker in Texas is a different animal. This is the Texas Poker Podcast with Tyler and Clint. Hello, this is the Texas Poker Podcast. I'm Tyler. This is Clint. What's up, y'all? We are back with episode 107. Episode 107. So, from what I hear, uh, Tyler, we got a listener question that I thought was kind of interesting. But I think before we do anything on this podcast, we need to kind of pay respects to a great legend who has passed away on, I believe, the 14th. It's uh, I mean, uh, the, in, anybody listening to this podcast is already going to be aware of this, but Doyle Brunson passed away. And I tell you what, great man who did a lot for, a lot for poker over the years. Yeah, it's one of those things that's, I mean, I can't say it's unexpected. I mean, that's nature being right close to 90, but it still is sad, you know? Oh, yeah, 100%. I mean, we all go, and you, the only thing you can do is live, live the, a great life while you're here and make the most of everything, and I think that's something we can say that he did. I will say I always really enjoyed, even like as a, like when he was older in his 80s and stuff on high-stakes poker, he was always really fun to watch. I mean, his jokes were always really good. I just, I mean, and him paving a way, because, I mean, he went through all the illegal days of gambling and all that and really paved the way to going through some stuff, you know, so that we don't have to and we have much better places to play at today. No, absolutely. I mean, definitely one of the OGs in the high-stakes poker. That's how I got into poker or back into poker, was watching those on... I actually would watch them on Twitch. People would illegally stream them on Twitch. <laughs> and I would watch them till they got shut down. And then you have to switch streams on Twitch. Someone would open up a new account and just stream the high stakes. This is before, like, Poker Go and stuff. They would stream the high stakes episodes, just the whole season, just back to back to back to back. And then it would get shut down. You go to the next per. They would open up a new one and just keep playing the high stakes poker. Because I tried to buy them. I couldn't find anywhere to buy them. So that's the only way I could watch them. Yeah, it was really, uh, him being on them really made a, just really almost made a really great show. So, I mean, there's going to be a lot of people, uh, obviously the entire poker community, uh, you know, paying their respects and everything. And I thought definitely we should as well. So, rest in peace to a great legend of our time. Uh, On a more upbeat note, we have a... Uh, what is the listener question from uh, last week? <laughs> Say, um, I'm assuming he listens if he's messaging us. But <laughs> um, uh, so here's our question. Um, basically, he wants to know our thoughts on the one hand of Omaha in these no limit one three games in Texas. It seems like all the poker houses in Texas have the one hand of Omaha, the reverse button. How do we feel? What are our thoughts on it? You probably start the show with that. You, I remember when you told me he sent this question. I thought this was a really good question. And I thought it was a really good question for us because I think we're going to have very different opinions on it. Yeah, well, I have the right one, but continue. <laughs> uh, I will say this. I hate it when they do the two hands of Omaha anywhere. One, I think it's just kind of useless. It's kind of weird. Uh, if it's one hand of Omaha, one, here's the thing. You just got to get used to it and deal with it because almost Every place outside of KD one hundred and one, that's how they they run, right? I mean, that that's kind of the facts on that. I mean, whether you like it or not, right? Yeah, we'll say back when I was living right next to Johnny Chan's eighty eight and the old fifty two, they also didn't do it, but that's no more. So I think the only room I know of right now is KD one hundred and one. Yeah, it's a. Uh, I guess it's the ones we play. Yeah, 
maybe that elite social. I don't know if they because I mean they that whole building for whatever reason they always didn't do the one one reverse a button, but who knows? But it, the vast majority of places they do. I don't mind it. It as long as it's just one hand, it's not two. I think it does break up the game and it does kind of break up the monotony that can be no limit hold'em. Uh, I now go ahead and give me your thoughts because I know you're not gonna agree here. Yeah, no, I I hate it. I hate watching the players make these decisions that last three minutes and they just, I mean, I feel like it slows the game to a, just a grinding halt and then I almost feel like it breaks the game because then people get stacks in, which, and sometimes it's, I mean, even if it's correct, it just, I don't know, it's just, it, I hate the time it takes. I tried sitting them out. It takes too much time. I feel like I'm, you know, I don't know if that helping your hourly either sitting out because that doesn't seem profitable. Well, I mean, and here's also my theory. And like I say, it's very, it's harder to tell, like, as far as if you're making money because the variance is so big. But the players are very bad. It, the, the same players that are bad at No Limit Hold'em, they're still very bad at PLO. And I was going to tell our listener on this, I actually have one thing that really helped my PLO game. I tried a bunch of different things. I looked at videos on Crush Live Poker. Did not seem to help that much. Uh, and not everybody likes to read, but there is a book called The Omaha, The Big Play Strategy by Jeff Huang. Uh, H-W-A-N-G for that last name, if you're looking for. And that book has the best, even if you only read the part of the starting hands, it has the best description of starting hands and explanation for them that I've ever seen. And I think if you do nothing but kind of look at those starting hands, one, you're going to kind of realize what hands you should be folding and what you're going to stop getting wrecked in some of these hands that you just should have never been in in the first place. And if you are playing those only those good hands, at least you do have some pre-flop advantage. You do have some plus EV on there. Now, you also have the other decisions after, but that's just like No Limit Hold'em, that's where it starts. No, absolutely, but... I don't know. I'm always trying to find the game without the Omaha hand or try to talk them out of two hands of Omaha. Because yesterday we were playing two hands of Omaha. Oh, you left. <laughs> Spoilers for later. And then, um, <laughs> what's it called? We were like five-handed playing two hands of Omaha. Oh, now that is where I hate it. When it goes two hands of Omaha and it's short, like the table's very short, that really... Because I don't like Omaha. I mean, I like it's okay for a difference here and there, but that is super annoying. Me and you agree on that. No, absolutely. But, yeah, I mean, I can think of very distinct hands where I've been stacked for just so much money in these bomb pots, in these PLO bomb pots, and in these PLO hands. Where, I mean, you have the nuts. How bad can it be? Right? But, yeah. <laughs> well, also, here's the thing is, like, the big thing with PLO is the variance. I, I mean, and like I say, you can always have this option, but if you get it all in on a hand... For most people out there, I would just say run it twice. And then you do anything to reduce the variance in such a high-variance game. Uh, like, if you're not in Texas, you might not have that option. Uh, here are all the Texas card houses you usually do, and people are usually willing. So that is a way to combat the variance. But if you do that to combat the variance and you learn some of the very basics, you're actually... There's gonna be, still going to be more variance and no limit hold'em. But overall you're still going to be a winning player, and that's really the only thing that matters 
Because it doesn't, it takes less work to be a winning player in Omaha here. It's just the variance is so off the charts. No, 100%. But, yeah, I don't know. I guess the final thought is I hate it. You don't mind it, but still don't like it. That seems fair. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree with that. Well, I mean, I, me and you are on the same page that I don't like it because it just, Everybody takes forever on every hand. Here's what just kills me is whenever someone's in here tanking forever and then they show me their hand and they have like ace king with just top pair, top kicker, and they're tanking for all their money. I just want to get up and throw the chair against the wall. Because you know, you know they're going to fold. I know they're going to fold. Yeah. I know. I mean, if, and I'm, everyone knows they're no good. And then they're acting like they have this crazy decision to make. Oh, yeah. I mean, it's just, oh, God. Oh, oh, I mean, the tanking in Omaha is just is god-awful. Yeah, I mean, and that's why, yeah, it just it drives me crazy as far as that goes. I mean, I think I was counting one time, and I think we got like eight hands, maybe nine, I forget, but it was an entire hour that we saw eight or nine hands. It just, yeah, I mean, that's why I prefer No Limit. Like I say, I don't mind the one hand if it changes things up here and there, especially when I'm card dead or something like that. But, God, you're right. The tanking's just so horrible in it. Well, I don't know. Tanking when you have a decision is one thing, but tanking whenever, like, your decision is so obvious, I, it's like you're just wasting everyone's time for no reason. Yeah, that's true. But, I mean, even then, like, I mean, all the tanking all the time. I mean, it seems like there's always a decision to be made. And it just, I get so bored. I mean, when I'm just sitting there, not even watching the hand be played, but just watching someone think for four minutes every single hand. <laughs> Yeah, so I guess, I mean, <laughs> that about sums up that question right there. I mean, <laughs> I don't know. Just talking about it, it makes me mad. <laughs> yeah. Just flashbacks of, I mean, literally earlier this week. And we're not even going to break down the handles, tell you it real quick. I mean, I have top set on a 10-3 jack board. I have a set of jacks with a flush, uh, not with a flush draw. There's a flush draw on board. I check, guy pots it. I repot it. He ships it with, what did he have? A, he, he had, had a, a flush draw. He had a straight and a flush draw. Uh, he has open-ended straight draw. The shitty end of the open-ended straight draw and a nine-high flush draw. Yeah, and I mean diamond immediately. I get stacked after, you know, however long of playing to grind my stack back. So this does go to show. Like this is this goes to show two things very much is. One, the variance is off the charts in PLO. Because, I mean, you're getting in with top set, and you're not even... You're probably at best 50-50. And the other thing is how bad people are. Because, I mean, you think about his... You had top set for the nuts. You go... You pot it. He repots it all in. I check. He pots it. I repot it. Then okay. he goes... He four-bets all in. Okay. Repot all in... Like, if you have a wrap with any a diamond draw that's over 10 high, he's basically drawing dead. So, uh, I mean, that goes to show this. Like, it can be... Like, I don't suggest anybody play it, like, full-time as their main game, usually. I think it's just... I don't know. I haven't seen enough evidence that it's just that good. But I will say you can get a small edge in the in the one or two in the one or two hands. So, well, I mean, here's my thought about it. if you're going to try to play PLO as your main game. I mean, you just need a way bigger bankroll. I mean, anytime you're getting it in with an edge, right? You're gonna it's gonna eventually work out, right? If you're always getting it in with an edge or you know making the correct calls for the price or whatever. But I think the variance is so great in that game. 
that the bankroll compared to Hold'em is just a completely different um, monster right there. That's true. And, I mean, like, everything you read and videos will, will support. I mean, like, you need, I think, I forget if it's, like, ten times the amount for PLO than No Limit Hold'em. Sounds right. I mean, sounds right. I mean, I don't even watch the videos. I came up with that. So, <laughs> I mean, I don't even know what you're talking about. <laughs> I mean, that's just what I've, what's it called, learned over getting stacked over and over and over again in PLO. So. Oh, 100%. Uh, it was like one of the, uh, what's it called? One of the floor guys asked me if I like if I wanted to dip my toe in PLO, or uh, I told him no, I don't like PLO. I was like, well, if you want to come dip your toe in, you know, it's a good game on this. Thing. I'm like, we can just fight right now if you want, man, right here at the cage. I mean, <laughs> I mean, the fact that I just told you I don't like PLO, and you're trying to get me to come back over to play PLO. I just got stacked three hours ago in a PLO hand. I mean, and I went to the hold'em, the smaller hold'em game, and almost won all my money back. Oh wow! <laughs> so. Well, someone who started going to kickboxing classes with you, don't fight Tyler. I mean, if he throws that out there, don't do that. <laughs> Just let him play hold. Yeah. Dude's got a counter for everything. It's a, uh, so what should I call it? Uh, so, like, on that note, like, I end up in this one hold'em game where there are a lot of, I'm not going to spend a lot of time in these hands because they are PLO and some of them are, some of oh, them here, are about second. half. Let more. me let me kick let me kick the hands off with the Hold'em one then. If we're because we just talked about a bunch of PLO, let me take let me do one hand that I found pretty interesting. That okay, um, at least to break up the PLO talk. I know some people don't like the PLO talk. So I'm on the button with pocket fours. Guy makes it seventeen. Two callers gets back to me. I call. Then we go four ways to the flop. The flop is. Four of spades, three of diamonds, ten of diamonds. But then it checks to me. What are you doing here? Because here's my thought. I mean, we need protection versus, I mean, specifically diamond, which is, I mean, it's definitely something. But, and you're also trying to build a pot here, right? This is going to be tough. Uh, so there's four people in the hand, correct? You and three others. Yes. The pre-flop raiser checks. The two field callers check to you. Yep. So, I think you can bet bigger when the pre-flop raiser is in later position because the field because those uh, callers would be checking naturally the pre-flop raiser. Uh, but now that the pre-flop raiser has checked, those two people have checked. You're looking at a pl- at a board where I don't think anybody has. Just damn near anything here. Uh, I'm probably betting very small here. Uh, let's see if there's four. Look at that. Say 30, 60. I think I'm just going to bet like maybe 20, 25 maybe. Um, I did bet 20. Okay. Uh, I got two calls. The turn is the eight of clubs. Checks to me again. I, d- I do the same bet because I'm thinking that doesn't really change that much. Um, Wait, what's a what eight is... of clubs? So the board is three, four, ten, eight, with two diamonds and a spade and a club. So five, six doesn't get there. I'm definitely sizing up a little bit on this turn because now that I actually have two people who've shown some interest in the hand, I'm looking to get so twenty, forty, sixty uh, was probably about. 
about 70 on this, so 70, 130. I'm probably betting like 90, 80. Hmm. Well, I bet 20, and then I immediately get raised. Well, shit, my, that might be better then. I get raised to 60. What do you do here? See, okay, the board is three, four, eight, ten. And here's the thing: I'm not overly deep. Um, I had just grinded back to about even after um, taking a few beats before, so I'm probably around three fifty effect. Oh, well, three fifty a total in the hand. Let me see. And you're in position here. Yes. I'm going to do this technique that seems to work out pretty well for me where I think I'm just going to call inflate this pot because okay let's say once I call it was 70 is about 70 to the flop is about 20 on the 20 on the flop so that's 6130 once I just call here this is this is going to be always a call and then if he checks to me jam on the river almost regardless of what the run out is well, we just are on all sorts of different pages. Um, I fold. No, I wish. I jam <laughs> all in. He snap calls. He uh, set over set. Um, he had pocket eight. Well, I mean, this is just. I mean, it's just a cooler. There's really not much to can be that can be done here. Uh, I like. Let's forget that he had pocket eights because that it really ceases to matter in this hand. Uh, I do like the call on the and like i say it seems to work out well because once you call this pot is so inflated that what for what you have left behind you're getting called by so much on the river is kind of my thinking um for the same thought though is also why i like um jamming in there um because let's say you know a spade comes right there and the front door flush misses is he ever betting as a bluff you know, in one three, which is why I like to get it all in there. Cause if he misses his draw, he's never putting a dollar in. And I feel like I'm ahead at that point. That's yeah. my thought. That's just kind of my thought when I ship it there. And whenever I see draws that I think could call for how little I have behind, that's, that's also for the same reason. Cause I'd hate to just have a complete brick, him check me bet all in. And then he goes, well, I miss and just fold face up. Yeah, I mean, here's the problem: is your jam is so, looks so super strong when you when you bet, you get re-raised, and then you raise not only raise but raise big. It's just like I think it's I think a lot of people can fold. I think people can fold almost like any, like third nuts safely. Okay, well here, let me give you a little backstory to this exact player. Okay, guy goes four bets all in for over eight hundred dollars. This guy calls with pocket sevens. They say he's going to have aces. He says, I know. It's fine. And he gets and he loses and rebuys. That's the game we're in. So. <laughs> okay. I will, I will yeah. say this. I don't mind the jam. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I was about to say, that's the game I'm in. So. Uh, yeah. I, given that information. <laughs> yeah. No. I mean, I was in yeah. a great game that night. A great game. I mean, the players were talking about betting, I mean, multiple thousands of dollars on sports games and stuff. So they did not, were not to be bluffed. That is a sign of a great game right I mean, there. Not to be bluffed and just wanted the action. So, uh, yeah, in that case, because, yeah, like I say, yeah. you just getting, the cooler doesn't matter. It depends on, like, what the decision making. But 
It, really, in all honesty, it seems like both are just fine, especially given the information. That jam is probably is definitely fine. Yeah, no, like I said, I mean, just a phenomenal game that I happened to. Well, actually, and here's the good news. I mean, I added, I did a second bullet. It almost made back, almost had a break even night after getting stacked um, like that. That's always a really nice feeling when you can crawl back from like just down so much. I mean, here's kind of been. I'm not going to break these sessions down too much because downright they're boring. But um, <laughs> I've had my last like three or four sessions. I've gotten stacked early and have grinded back to almost even, right there at the end. I mean, last night I was counting. I had I was in the game for like nine fifty, and I had like two hundred bucks in front of me. And we were playing one two last night. <laughs> Calm down. The game got bigger. <laughs> I didn't get stacked <laughs> that much in a one-two game. I went to a different table. Oh, okay. <laughs> and I had PLO in when they got stacked with the nuts there too. Don't leave that out. Oh, yeah. But um, went back to the one-two game, the smaller game. Went back to that game. Grinded all the way back up to a two hundred dollar loss. I mean, that's always like a really good. Well, like I say, in the long run, you know, that's just the same as a seven hundred dollar win when you're starting from scratch. You know, it's it all it all comes into play. So it's uh, that's a huge. I was about to say, you start spreading these rumors, we're gonna have more listeners coming to play with me. I mean, yeah, they're like, they're like I gotta get some of this action. <laughs> it's a uh, so uh, so th- there's so many lessons to be taken from this one. Uh, like I try to learn from everything I do. Uh, I go on a Friday to, at a poker room because they're giving out. Was it, I think, a five... No, it was a $300 high hand every 30 minutes. So I go there. I'm like, well, this is just too good an opportunity. Then after 8 o'clock, it's every two hours, but it's a $2,000 high hand. The winner, the high hand gets 1100 and there's a table share of 900 for the rest. I mean, that sounds awesome. So... I go in, so I'm like, I got to get some of this action or whatever. Uh, so I am going to cover one PLO hand because I do think it's, well, it's just integral to what, how this uh, session went. Uh, I raised to 40 in four call. I have kings, king, seven, five, single suited. So pocket kings with two connected cards and one and one suit is not the not a bad hand. Definitely better than average, so I raise it. Uh, the flop is... Quick question. So, in these PLO hands, how big do you raise pre-flop? Because I'll give you my thought on it um, after you answer. Uh, it depends. Like, I don't feel like I have to raise pot all the time. Uh, but it's... Basically, I'm just raising to kind of boost, like, if... I do hit something. One, I can get more, either get more money in the pot, or I can make a bigger bet to make it more expensive for the draws. So those are my those are my reasonings for uh, for raising it. Here's my thought: When I'm playing PLO and I have like a good hand that I want to raise, um, as a less experienced PLO player, I'm often raising smaller. I'm raising still, but I'm raising smaller to kind of keep the pot smaller. I, I think, don't know if that's. I don't know if this is. I mean, I'm not saying this is the right or wrong play, but this is my thought. Is I, you know, I'm still raising, but I'm raising it a little bit smaller, so I'm not. So that pot bet, if I do, you know, have to pot it on the flop or whatever, it's a little bit more manageable. But I also don't want to just limp certain hands. 
but I'm not yeah. doing my standard like fifteen twenty dollars. Sometimes I'll well, uh, like a one two game, I'll make it like ten, and a one three game, I'll make it fifteen. That seems fine. Yeah, but I mean yeah. that was just my thought. On I didn't know. Do you like that? Or are you still making it like twenty or fifteen? Well, I mean, like pot's gonna be kind of limiting it anyways, and the difference between fifteen or twenty or twenty five is kind of negligible at that but point. When nine people call, it seems. Yeah, well, 100%. I mean, definitely seems like it plays a kind of a big role. I mean, here's the thing. It, this is the difference. I would say is the mentality afterwards, because like no limit hold'em. Once you raise, you feel like you're kind of gonna have to make a move in that hand. I mean, you probably shouldn't in a multi-way hand, but in PLO. You're kind of building the pot for if you do hit. I mean, if you completely miss, you just have, it's just a give up. So I like the I like the kind of the race small because more often than not you are going to miss. So uh, that's just been my strategy uh, in PLO lately, at least. So I kind of like it. I don't think there's anything wrong with that uh, strategy. Uh, so I have king king seven five single suited raised to forty four call. So, raised to forty. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> okay. No. Like, I like that strategy. I just don't do it. Uh, it's dependent. Uh, <laughs> so the flop is king nine four. I flop the nuts. So I'm like, well, this is great. Player leads for sixty five in, into me. I mean, my immediate thought is I'm potting it here. That's my thought. I mean, I feel like you're short stacked enough to where getting it all in here isn't the worst. That's my thought immediately. Because I know you don't really uh, buy him for four, and if you make it 40, three ways, he bets 65. I'm pretty okay getting it all in, I think, right? I probably can. I end up raising to 200. Do you remember how deep you were just before? So my, I'm not way out to lunch with my analysis of this? No, I wasn't that deep. Like, a pot was probably fine. A pot jam is probably just fine. Uh, it might even be the better play. I don't remember what my thought process was when I was doing this. Uh probably that I'm just so strong here that on there I wanted I didn't want to just make a I wanted to I wanted to call so I could jam the turn I think uh but yeah a uh, pot jam seems perfectly fine with, with what I had uh I but I raised to 200 and then the player jams over the top of me for my stack I mean I mean, obviously it's a call. I have the nuts. Yeah, well, I mean, okay. I thought there was lessons to be learned here. I mean, calling with the nuts seems fine. Oh, yeah. No, uh, 100%. Uh, well, it's just the variance of PLO is the uh, deal. Oh, okay. He has, <laughs> he has bottom. He he flopped bottom two pair with 9-4. He's, so he's drawing to running, uh, what's it called? Cool. Well, no. Hey, what's he even drawing to? Almost nothing. Saying, but he hits runner, runner, flush. <laughs> That's what he's drawing to. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it is so hard to get it in that good in PLO, uh, that dominating, and then uh, and then still lose. So I was like, God almighty. Because normally you're just a couple percentage points over a draw or something like that. I guess he had running quads. That's what he could have hit. Sure. I mean, <laughs> it most definitely could have. I mean, might as well have, actually. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was like, I think that would work. I mean, it's... Uh, so, uh, so the next one, this is a more interesting hold'em hand. Uh, and I've been doing this here and there on, like, kind of hands that I think can be positive EV. I will limp on the button that aren't very strong, 5-8 of diamonds. Kind of in that range. Of, I, I don't think I have to fold it, but I also, it's not strong enough to raise. Do you ever do this? 
I mean, dude, I see I do all sorts of random stuff on any given day. <laughs> but sure, I mean, I've been known. Yeah, go ahead. Okay, so I mean, just because if I've done it, if it's good or bad, does not. I mean, that well, is not what you want to use to justify doing something. I mean, I do. I mean, I don't know. <laughs> Tyler's like, I jam here. <laughs> yeah, so I say put him to the test, why don't you? Yeah. Uh, so the flop is ace queen seven with two diamonds. Pretty good, pretty good flop for me for a five eight diamond. Uh, the small blind bet leads out for fifteen. A player calls, and I call. Seems perfectly fine and standard to me. Yeah, I don't feel the need to raise here. There's, you know, on on here. It seems like if someone's on a shitty ace, they're probably going with it. Uh, the turn is a king of diamonds. So, just great for me. The small blind checks. A player bets 30. I mean, we're definitely just calling, right? Okay, see, I almost thought for certain you were going to raise here. Here's the only problem with the raise that I'm thinking is that guy who checks. Because, like, immediately whenever... What, what was it? So, like, did was it Queen 10 that just came in? Open-ended Queen 10? What was... I know a straight just came in, right? Uh, Broadway? Jack 10 comes in. Was Jack 10 open-ended, right? No, Jack Ten would have been a gutter. It was Ace Queen Seven flop, Ace and then a queen. king on the turn. Oh, okay, okay, gotcha. Um, here's the weird part: if you raise, I mean, if you get repopped here, you're so sad. This was my thought because I did just call. I thought you were gonna want to raise here. I mean, so often I do, but you said the guy who checked was the one who bet last street, correct? Correct. Seems suspicious to me, but. I would probably only call here with the most skeptical of eyes. So I call it. Well, I mean, I definitely, you're never folding here. Once definitely you not turn folding, the flush. I mean, yeah, no. I mean, it's. No, no, I'm just saying I'm on high alert. Yeah. <laughs> so I consider a raise here, but I'm like, well, once I raise here after the diamond flush hits, what am I hoping to get a call from? Specifically one diamond for that someone's holding like a, yeah, <laughs> you know, so. it's a uh, so I make the call. The small blind check raises to one sixty. This is what I'm talking about. <laughs> oh, and here here is a uh, here's another factor I did not mention. All three diamonds are the ace queen king. So my flush is actually fairly high here. Actually, I mean, because I mean, there's only what jack ten nine are the are the flushes uh, that are beating me. The small blind uh, check raises to 160. The player calls. Oh, God. I just, like, I mean, I have a eight high flush on here, but I'm like, the small blind, like, do they ever have anything other than a flush and a pretty decent one? I mean, I think this is going to be, I mean, just so nutted. Yeah, I did too. I ended up folding. Oh, that's probably, well, I don't know what, I think it's going to end up being, I mean, good fold here, but I think in the long run, it's also a good fold. Um, it, in, uh, it was a good fold there. The river actually pairs the board, making my this is flush a completely even shittier. I mean, now, I mean, you might as well just rip the cards and throw them on the ground. I, I mean, once the board pairs, I mean. Uh, the river pairs the board, and the small blind wins with a nine high flush. 
not what I expected, but kind of what I expected. Do you know what I mean? Yeah, it was. I mean, what did it, the other guy have? Did he even show? I don't remember what he had. He's kind of a. Oh, he was that guy. You remember the guy last night we were playing who was just constantly yelling at the other table? Oh, I mean, I don't, I don't know who it was, but I heard yelling. Yeah, it was that guy. I mean, God knows what he had. Uh, it could have been anything. Oh man, that makes your fold even better, though. It's a, uh, which I mean, I was so glad to see because at first I was like, I didn't realize she was if she would did, but I was tilted as hell from both that PLO hand and just a lot of hands not going my way. I mean, if I fold the eight high flush and then see her turn over like four high flush, like a like a five or six high flush or something, I lose my mind. I mean, I mean don't worry, I don't think I don't think you see that. I think more often than not, you'd see like a, a random two pair that they think is good. Yeah, but. I mean, maybe so, yeah. <laughs> so. Uh, so that was, I thought that was a pretty good fold. I mean, it's never easy to fold a flush. I mean, I thought it was. I think it's a super good fold. Yeah, I, thought, I thought that was pretty good. Makes up. I think it's a good read of the situation. That's what I think it really is. Um, because yeah. in a lot of other situations, I think you're shrug calling there. Mm-hmm. But once the, yeah, I mean, we just broke it down. I don't need to break it down again. But yeah, I just think that was a good read of the situation. And I mean, sometimes it's really hard <laughs> to find a fold whenever you're tilted and don't want to fold. Oh, I mean, I was so tilted. So, uh, this is going to be, this is going to be interesting. We are back to a PLO hand, but it's a pretty good one since we talked about getting better at it. We're going to break this one down for a second. <laughs> so we talked about getting better at it. We're going to break, we're going to tell you how I played this so poorly. Go ahead. There you go. <laughs> uh, I don't even know the goddamn hand. <laughs> I just assume that's what's about to happen. I got four cards. They're good. Uh, so I have pocket aces. Uh, nine two double suited. Boy, here we go. Yeah. So, I pot pre-flop. I mean, if you're not a pot this, I don't know what you're potting. I mean, pocket ace is double suited. Uh, two players call. Flop is three five seven two diamonds. I have a, I have the suited ace of diamonds. I pop for sixty five. I mean, this is. Just, Standard. I mean, I've got, now I've got a the best over pair with the nut flush draw. I mean, hoping I don't run into four six. Uh, I pop sixty five. There's one call. The turn is a blank. I'm like, well, I still got a pot. I still got a something to the nuts. He didn't re raise, which he would on this draw heavy board with the nuts. So I'm like, I don't think he has the nuts. I'm gonna put ultimate pressure here with my one pair and I pop for 195. I mean, this seems just so treacherous. I mean, super I mean, treacherous. I mean, I'm I not mean, like ridiculous. Cause this is now I have like $60 behind well, after this bet. I mean, you're basically all in, but so, I mean, I don't know. I feel like this is like when you're playing with a mouse trap and like you touch the, the little thing and like it doesn't snap and you just keep trying it over and over again. Guess yeah. what? I, I don't know, but guess what I think's about to happen. Well, he calls, so that mouse trap <laughs> right there. Uh, and then he calls the rivers a five, making this three, five, five, seven something. So I'm like, well, I show him my stacks. I mean, at this point, this is where I'm, this is where I'm at. I'm not folding. I mean, now. no, hundred percent. I mean, now yeah. we're just, I mean, it just, I mean, I mean this now, is now I've got two pair. Oh God, we've upgraded. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but I mean, it's one of those things where I mean, this is where we're at. I mean, if he goes all in, we're calling. If he checks, we're checking. I mean, it's just 
whatever. He checks. I check. I show down a pocket aces for my two pair with my other two cards, and he says I'm good. He missed everything. Hallelujah. <laughs> Which, again, kind of proves my point about why I like betting that uh, set. Because I still think people will call gigantic bets with draws like that. Oh, and the, then not bet the anything. The set PLO? No, no, no. The one uh, I broke down earlier when I went all in, whenever you said you like a call there. Yeah. It's kind of the exact same situation, right? Well, I mean, there's so many more draws in PLO. I mean... Like, True, but I mean, <laughs> kind of. I mean, anything, is... anything to prove my point. Continue. <laughs> like, seems yeah. weird to be no, like, no, no. I'm well, because, well, because he has a crap load of draws in PLO. <laughs> <laughs> but, okay, okay sure. I mean, it's a stretch, but follow along with me if you can. <laughs> it's a, uh, yeah, 100%. Uh, so, I've got one more no-limit hand. Thank God. Yeah. It's a... Uh, this is this is uh, well no I was in the big blind I have eight ten off, uh, it limps to me, I check it, uh, take the passive route in this shitty hand, uh, I flop seven nine three. I bet ten dollars, which is about pot in this limped hand. You're wondering how in the world I can get here, like why I'm talking about this hand. There's a ten dollar pot pre flop, but I pot it, and there's a call. How, well, how many people are in this hand? Uh, once I potted, I think just one. Oh, this is going to be a triple barrel load the rifle. We're blasting all the way to the river kind of thing. Make it or not. That's going to be this. If you're heads up like this, this is going to be one you got to take to the streets. Oh God, there goes my pen. But, (laughs) (laughs) uh, me and you are on the same. Well, especially like with the turn, the turn is an ace. So now I'm, so I bet 25 because I'm like, well, now at least it's going to make – because I'm like, once I bet this 25, I'm 100% betting almost every river that shows up. Okay, but don't – oh, if he calls, don't tell me how much you bet because I at least want to think what I would bet on this river because I know a lot of people make the mistake of betting too small if you miss. Well, let's see what, well, let's, let's see what happens. Do you hit it's it on a, the river? Uh, turn is ace, they bet. So Wait, he bets? What? I mean, like turn is ace, I bet, they call. Okay. I was about to say, wait, I might have a different okay. plan now. <laughs> so on the river, the river's a five. That ain't it. Yeah, that ain't. I mean, now I'm ten high. So, what? Uh, what are you betting here? Okay, so it was ten twenty-five. I might, I might pot. I mean, I might bet a hundred here. I bet fifty. Hmm. I get re-raised to a hundred. <laughs> Whatever I fold, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but here's the here is the cool thing about this hand because there's a reason I sh- I did uh, pick this hand is she had six eight and river to straight, like the triple barrel works if it's just not this random five. Oh yeah, I mean that, yeah for so, sure. It's a uh, that was kind of my thought is like it kind of shows that just because a bluff doesn't work. Wait, what did she have? She had six five and what did you have? She had six eight, so she. But she, what did you have? I had eight ten. Yeah, so you're gonna win either way if she didn't hit that five. <laughs> That's true. That's a solid point. I was like, you were bluffing with the best hand until you got sucked out on. Do you yeah. That? But like, it, man, that's true. It's a. Uh, but yeah, if this a uh, if this bluff, if she doesn't randomly hit those five, this triple barrel obviously works. Yeah. Shit, obviously, like you say, doesn't even need to. <laughs> yeah. But. <laughs> <laughs> So. But 
but well. I mean, I do agree with all. I mean, how everything was played. I like a bigger bet on the river, given that she hit the straight. I like how you played it. <laughs> yeah, it's a. Uh, so that's our. That's all I have. I got wrecked in this session. I lost about a grand. Uh, so this is how dipshit of I am. So it is well, dipshit of me and dipshit of just the entire population. So, me and you are constantly struggling with this PLO crap of everybody wanting to play, right? Sure. It's a, uh, they want to play two hands. One hand's not enough. Me and you are only saying no. We're the assholes at the table. There's a high hand, and it doesn't matter if it's P- It's worth $2,000. doesn't matter if it's PLO or Hold'em. This is one time I'm like, why don't we add an extra hand to PLO? It's one hand. Nobody wants to. $2,000 high hand. There's only five tables in the room. There's like well, maybe six. I'm like, so I end up going to the round of each table. So I'm like, well, the odds are. Well, like just naturally in PLO, you're going to make better hands, right? I mean, just and if you're trying 100%, to hit a high. If you have, tw- I mean, basically 16 hands for your one and uh, hold, hold them. I mean. But that's what I'm saying. So it makes, in this situation, it makes more sense. Yes. Yeah. So I go, I go to the PLO table. And, and that's how dipshit he is. Yeah, and I just get wrecked. <laughs> I don't get a high hand. I just get my ass tore up. <laughs> so like, that was... It's like the one thing I learned playing PLO with the Hold'em players, way different than playing PLO with the PLO players. <laughs> that's fair. Yeah. So, um, but, uh, yeah, that's... Just, uh, that sucks. Yeah. <laughs> So, oh. lost a thousand on that session, and then I lost uh, on the other one. Was it the no? Uh, the other one I ended up making four hundred and thirty. So, it is what it is. I mean, definitely. Not- I mean, my weird thing is my last few sessions have all been getting stacked early and grinding back to almost exactly a two hundred dollar loss. I mean, that's good that you're able to do that, but super annoying that you have to, right? Yeah, I mean, super annoying that, like, that set over set I had gotten stacked. I was down to, like, 100 bucks and grinded all the way back up just to get stacked right whenever I was even. That's pretty hurtful. That's pretty yeah. goddamn hurtful. But then, yeah. But, I mean, I don't know. It is what it is, right? It's the the, the poker or whatever. The, or it's the long overtime, something like long that. Yachty, no, something, you know, read a book, some, some quote here, insert here. That's the Text Poker Podcast. Talk to you later. That was the Texas Poker Podcast. Go ahead and rack up, add time, and we'll see you next week.